Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. When you stand on the banks of the Yampa River in downtown Steamboat Springs, Colorado, it's really easy to see why so many people are fighting so hard to live here. It's the middle of July. Dozens of people are sipping ice-cold beers on restaurant patios along the riverbank. There's a constant stream of tourists floating on the river on tubes, screaming as they approach the rapids. On the other side of the river are dozens of miles of hiking and biking trails circling Halson Hill, the oldest operating ski area in North America. It's pretty common to see people just stop what they're doing and gasp at the beauty of this place. But this mountain paradise is in such high demand, it's been getting harder and harder to live here. We have people moving in, we don't have any place for them to go, and rents have gone up and housing prices have gone up. Some residents have resorted to sleeping on a friend's couch or camping in the National Forest if they can't find more conventional places to live. And more recently, this city has been on the front lines of a statewide housing crisis that some say is threatening the very fabric of these mountain resort towns. Locals say an explosion of short-term rentals is driving up rent prices and making it impossible for some workers to find places to live. I'm Stephanie Daniel, and this is The Colorado Dream, Housing Wanted, from KUNC News. From restaurant servers to police officers to local doctors, it's hard for people at nearly every income level to find housing in mountain resort communities. These stories investigate the housing challenges facing residents, and perhaps, most importantly, what community leaders are doing or not to find solutions. This is episode four, Loved to Death. Steamboat is a world-class ski town that attracts thousands of visitors from all corners of the globe. But there's been friction in recent years between the workers running the bars and the ski lifts and the tourists who come here for vacation. Three years ago, stickers started showing up on cars and trash cans all around the city with the slogan, Neighbors, Not Tourists, ban Airbnb. Residents have been packing City Hall, telling the town's leaders to restrict short-term rentals as a way to free up houses for local workers. KUNC investigative reporter Scott Franz takes us on a journey through the city to learn more about the stakes of this housing crisis and what's being done about it. Tori Wadnick bought her first home in Steamboat Springs back in 2004, when someone could find a house here for less than $400,000. She was looking for a piece of small-town charm, a place where her daughters could mountain bike in the National Forest and swim in hot springs in a single afternoon, a place that shuts down its main street every winter, covers it in snow, and throws a big parade. This one just felt good. I mean, it felt like a place where we could spend our time outside. Then after having kids, we realized that it was right. It was a spot where our kids can play outside, play in the street, have neighbors that they can just run over to their house. I met Tori two summers ago on a reporting trip I took to Steamboat to learn more about a brewing housing crisis 
Tori lives in the Bear Creek neighborhood. The streets here are lined with single-family homes and tall aspen trees. Mount Werner, a 10,000-foot peak covered in ribbons of ski runs, is a 10-minute walk away. And there's even a wildlife hotline among the neighbors. We had moose playing in the pond the other day, and we all got a text message that if you're home, go check it out. From a distance, of course. But in the summer of 2021, Tori noticed her town was changing. Rent skyrocketed. The average price of a home rose above a million dollars. There was friction between the stream of tourists who flock here and the locals who fear the town is being loved to death at the expense of its workers. Tori told me her neighborhood was losing its character house by house. There's 10 homes on this street and three of those homes are vacation rentals. And then there's another one right around the corner Some of the neighbors she grew close to moved away. They were being replaced by a rotating cast of tourists staying in short-term rentals. These visiting tourists were shelling out hundreds of dollars a night to enjoy this mountain paradise. But some didn't know how to keep their trash locked away from the neighborhood bears. Tori said many of them also drive dangerously down the street with their eyes glued to the GPS directions on their smartphones. They were also keeping the Wadniks up at night. There have been many nights the kids have asked to sleep in a different room, sleep on the couch because they can't sleep with all the noise that's coming from the hot tubs. The vacationers were also taking rooms that could be rented by locals. And Tori said it was harder to hire people for her event rental business. The city council was getting an earful from concerned residents at a city council meeting in June 2021, including Tori. We deal with major disruption in our lives. And on the flip side, we aren't able to hire anyone because people in this town don't have a place to live. After seeing the problem persist for more than a year, Tori even considered the worst, leaving this mountain paradise. It's a magical place. And so I don't want to leave. And you hear a lot, especially on social media, the comments back and forth. You hear, well, if you don't like it, just leave, you know, go find something else. And that's not an option for me. These are my people. But in June 2022, there was a reckoning. Businesses started closing more days per week because they couldn't find workers. A travel frenzy created by the pandemic caused the number of short-term rental listings in resort towns like Steamboat to jump as much as 50%. And this housing crisis became issue number one at the ballot box. All of the people running for city council were talking about it at the Steamboat Pilot newspaper's election forum that year. I know many of us want this small town to be the small town, but uh, it's going to change. We all know people who are losing their long-term rentals because they're being turned over to short-term rentals. It's growing, and we need to have open conversations about what this growth will look like for each of us. The candidates who promised to regulate short-term rentals and try to find more housing for locals won a majority of the seats. That included Dakota McGinley. The 26-year-old became the youngest elected official in Steamboat's history. She was also the only person on the council to be renting a home. She promised voters she'd use her new power to help solve the housing crisis. I will work hard to ensure families, seniors, seasonal employees, and students all have hope for their future in this community. A few months after the election, Dakota and the council banned new short-term rentals in most parts of the city. 
the town was divided into three areas. Red zones meant no new short-term rental permits. Yellow zones have a cap on the number of permits. And green zones, like the downtown corridor and the base of the ski area, have no limits on short-term rentals. The council also required everyone who owns or manages a nightly rental to get an annual license. Any rental shorter than 30 days qualifies as short-term. Voters also embraced a new tax on vacation rentals to raise millions for affordable housing projects. It was one of the biggest topics that I think that I personally have experienced. Rebecca Bessie is the planning director for the city of Steamboat, and she helped write the short-term rental regulations. She also had to help the council decide what parts of the city they should and shouldn't be allowed in. There were 30 meetings, and the debate got personal. We certainly heard from community members who felt like having a short-term rental in their neighborhood or next door was detrimental to their quality of life. And then a whole lot of public comment on the other side from second homeowners who want to have a home here in Steamboat Springs, come here a certain amount of time throughout the year, and then wanted to be able to use their property as a short-term rental when they were not here. 2,400 residents have turned in applications to run vacation rentals, and Rebecca is busy setting up a new complaint and enforcement hotline. It's now been a year since all of this regulation went down, so I went back to Steamboat this summer to walk the streets and try to find out how are things going? Is this housing crisis subsiding? Are these solutions working? My first stop was Tori Wadnick's front porch in the Bear Creek neighborhood. We sat in some camping chairs and caught up. It's been really lovely. We have a handful of brand new, full-time, year-round neighbors who are a part of our neighborhood, part of our community, living here, working here, and it's been a nice change. Tori's neighborhood is now in the so-called red zone, an area of town where the city has banned new short-term rentals. She says with the help of the new regulations, her neighborhood is starting to feel, well, like a neighborhood again. Several houses that used to be short-term rentals have sold, and the new owners can't rent them out short-term anymore. Instead of tales of noisy tourists in hot tubs, she's excited to point out her new neighbors. These are all people who live in our community and it was great to get to know them a little bit better and we talked about dogs and we talked about different things we like to do in town and we talked about what we do for a living and it was just great to engage. As we take a tour of the neighborhood, Tori's 11-year-old daughter, Sasha, runs up to us. She also has rave reviews. How do you like living in this neighborhood? I love it. <laughs> yeah, why do you love it? Because of all the people. I love all of the nice people. Tori says fighting for the short-term rental regulations wasn't easy. It strained her relationship with some members of the community. Some people in her neighborhood wanted to allow vacation rentals, saying it was the perfect place for them because they're less than a mile from the base of the ski area. But they're not in the so-called condo land, a part of the city with dense high-rises and hundreds of nightly rentals. We can protect what we have. We still have neighbors. We still get together and, you know, walk the dogs together. And we, there's still enough of us here that it's worth saving. And so I was really glad that it was saved. But Tori says the short-term rental regulations haven't solved everything. 
housing remains expensive and scarce. One of Tory's employees just left Steamboat last summer because of the high housing costs and is working remotely from the East Coast. Every year they were worried about the house selling or the rent going up 50%. And so they opted to make a change, which has been really hard for us because it certainly is better having her in the office. Steamboat doesn't have any data yet on how the new short-term rental restrictions are affecting the housing supply. But they plan to use surveys and pay for a study to get some of that information by June of next year. Scott, thanks for going back to Steamboat to report on this short-term rental debate. This trip was also personal for you. Why do you keep going to this town as you report on housing? Because when I worked at the local paper, the Steamboat Pilot, for almost eight years, I saw firsthand just how hard and difficult it is to find housing in Steamboat. You know, one of my roommates was actually ticketed several hundred dollars for living too long in the National Forest on Rabbit Ears Pass because he couldn't afford housing at the time. Another of my roommates used to sleep in his Chevy Suburban near the Walmart to save money. So this idea of local workers not being able to afford um, housing here has been going on for so many years now that I'm very interested in following all of the efforts to solve it. Coming up, Scott heads to the other side of town where the new housing regulations are dashing one family's retirement dreams and raising questions about equity. When governments start making decisions based not off of data, but off of feel and and heartstrings, then a lot of unintended consequences come along. That's after the break. The Colorado Dream Housing Wanted is supported by Berg Hill Greenleaf Rushidi, a full-service law firm offering a wide range of legal services to businesses and individuals throughout the Rocky Mountain region and beyond. BHGR is a company committed to Coloradans and initiatives that support a quality business environment with emphasis in diversity, equity, and inclusivity, workforce development, transportation access, and affordable housing. More at bhgrlaw.com. How do you stay in the know? Well, if you're in Northern Colorado, just listen to In the NoCo, a thought-provoking podcast that captures and questions what it means to live in Northern Colorado, all in just nine minutes. I'm your host, Erin O'Toole, and I hope you'll join me for In the NoCo, Tuesday through Friday during Morning Edition on 91.5 KUNC. You can also listen and subscribe at our website, KUNC.org, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. I'm Stephanie Daniel, and this is the Colorado Dream Housing Wanted from KUNC News. In June 2022, the Steamboat Springs City Council passed new restrictions on short-term rentals. A month later, the council also decided to pursue a new tax on them to raise millions for affordable housing projects. This sparked one of the hottest debates in the city's history. My KUNC colleague, Investigative reporter Scott Franz continues the story with Ulrich Salzgeber, who was one of the people most opposed to the new restrictions on nightly rentals. Ulrich is nearing retirement after a long career as the head of the local board of realtors, and he was planning to help fund his retirement plans by renting out his log home just a mile up the hill from the hot springs in downtown Steamboat. By our calculations, just by renting it out uh, for certain weeks 
in the winter time, we were hoping to garner uh, 40 to 50,000 additional dollars. But that plan died last summer after the city council put Ulrich's home in the short-term rental red zone, just like Tori Wadnick. You know, it was a real shock. And all of a sudden, we have forty dollars to $50,000 that we need to figure out what to do. So does it mean us going back to work? I'm 70 years old. It's time for me to sit back and, and relax and enjoy the fruits of my labor. Ulrich and his wife, Janet, have lived in Steamboat since 1973, when they moved to town to help their parents run a campground by the Yampa River. They can't get through a trip to the local grocery store without seeing at least a handful of people they know. Ulrich says the new regulations will hurt locals by making Steamboat a less attractive place for tourists to visit and spend their money. Like it or not, we're a tourist destination. We are a tourist community. And we have a lot of guests, and the majority of the guests are very respectful and, and very enthused that they are allowed to come up here and enjoy the same lifestyle that, that we can live on a daily basis in Steamboat. He also questions why his neighborhood was put in the red zone, where new short-term rentals are banned. The city, in my mind, never looked at data. They never looked at statistics. They made these decisions just by drawing a pencil around saying, okay, there's no, uh, no rental opportunities in these areas, no short-term rentals opportunities, without an option for us to be able to come and say, hey, listen, uh, we've spoken with all our neighbors, they're okay with it. Ulrich was so opposed to the short-term rental regulations, he joined an unsuccessful effort to recall some of the city council members who supported it. Because I'm a true believer in property rights. We've worked hard on our home. We've worked hard with our neighbors to become friends, and we enjoy our neighbors, and we don't want to impact them negatively. While Ulrich tries to figure out how to replace tens of thousands of dollars of lost income, another retiree in a similar residential neighborhood less than a mile away is having much better fortunes. Okay, should I take my shoes off? No, no, just leave them on. Tom Williams is preparing to meet his latest vacation rental guests at his house in Old Town. It's a quiet residential area where the city's early residents built modest homes with rocks from the nearby Yampa River. A family from Denver is arriving at Tom's house any minute, and he wants to show me some of the amenities they'll be enjoying. We've got heated floors in the bathrooms downstairs. We have a beer tap. Would you like a beer? Oh, my God. I'm working. I, I'd love to, but after work. And up front, we have a kombucha tap on tap as well. Like the Salzgabers and Tori Wadnick, Tom Williams also lives in the short-term rental red zone. But he's not breaking the law with his rental. It's a newly renovated two-story home with modern fixtures and a balcony overlooking an aspen grove. I saw that there was some dissension in the city about two and a half years ago with short-term rentals. And so I immediately got my permit for short-term rental. And a week after we got the permit, they shut the uh, system down, no more applications. The city's regulations apply only to new applications. So residents like Tom, who got their permits before the sweeping regulations, can hold on to them until they sell their homes. Uh, this might be them right there. Tom's guests have arrived. 
I know y'all want to get uh, unpacked, so y'all go ahead and and welcome. I mean, okay. go on inside the place. Okay. And make yourself at home. I'm Tom. Tom, nice, nice to, to meet, meet you. you. Yep. Looks like y'all are set to have some fun. We got oh. enough crap to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we can just get it all out and use it. The guests from Denver start unloading bikes and kayaks. Their home away from home is a 10-minute walk from downtown. Tom says he markets the place to the upper middle class. And they're very aware that they're in a residential neighborhood. They're all good guests. They're not partiers. A lot of them are in their 50s or 60s, or either they have young kids. I have yet to have a problem with a single guest, and I probably have had around 75 to 100 guests so far. Tom says he tried long-term rentals, but... We did not get very good tenants. We had uh, tenants that were restaurant workers, ski bums, and I had a lot of problems with them. They would leave snowmobiles, they would get off work at midnight from the restaurant, build a fire out back and party until four in the morning and disturb my neighbors. So we have a, a higher clientele of guests now than what we did when we had long-term tenants here. Tom says his short-term rental business is a bigger boon to the local economy. He employs a landscaper and a housekeeper, but he agrees with residents who say there should be limits on short-term rentals. Every weekend in the summer, hundreds of tourists and locals gather together on Yampa Street, downtown for the farmer's market. There's fresh produce from nearby farms and handmade jewelry. In the middle of the street, I also find a table staffed by two city council members who voted for the short-term rental regulations, including council president Robin Crossan. Is Steamboat still in the midst of a housing crisis? Most certainly. That's all I can say is most certainly because we are. We are, along with every other community in not only the state of Colorado, the country. Robin said the council had to step in after hearing for months that locals were being forced out of the community. When you own something and you decide to make it a short-term rental instead of long-term housing for people in our community, that takes away housing options and it increases rents for everyone else that's still here because there's less to choose from. But business leaders gathered a few tents down at this same farmer's market are worried that the new short-term rental regulations, combined with the tax, are hurting the town. Lisa Popovich is the head of Main Street Steamboat, an organization representing downtown businesses. We have seen a decline in some of our nightly rentals. You know, we have for sure. And I think, you know, a part of that is a trend across the country. Lisa says some nightly rentals have sat empty during some of the city's most historically busy weekends when festivals and fireworks shows draw thousands to town. You know, uh, in some areas they're down as much as 20%. So I don't think that's unique to Steamboat. So it's hard to say, well, it's as a result of this short-term rental tax. It's part of a trend that's happening. Sarah Leonard of the Steamboat Chamber thinks the new tax and regulations are partly to blame. But I think that consumers are getting more savvy now. So they're looking at the bottom of this, their receipt uh, when they book lodging and they're seeing it's upwards of 20% now um, is added to the bottom. I don't think that we have enough data to say, well, people aren't booking because of that. But, you know, we hope we'll keep an eye on it and um, we'll kind of see how that affects people. 
The short-term rental debate continues to grow more intense in Steamboat Springs. Scott, did anything surprise you on your latest visit? There were a few things, and, and what really struck me this, this time is just how pervasive this housing crisis continues to be. Despite all of these new actions, Steamboat is taking to try and solve it. Before I went back, I checked the, the Facebook page where people look for rentals, and they weren't finding a lot of options, and they were having to really market themselves and tell their life story um, to try and find a place because things are still so expensive and, and scarce. In August 2022, a group of homeowners in nearby Summit County filed a lawsuit trying to stop similar regulations from going into effect. The property owners say the rules would cost them tens of thousands of dollars. The outcome of the legal battle could affect the future of short-term rental policies in Steamboat Springs and beyond. On the next episode of the Colorado Dream Housing Wanted, we hop over to Eagle County, where the lack of affordable housing is feeding a staffing crisis in the local school system. My KUNC colleague, Ray Solomon, shares a story about the school district's unique response and whether those efforts go far enough to save the local education workforce. We've lost some outstanding educators in my time in the district who could just no longer afford to be here. That's next time on The Colorado Dream. The Colorado Dream, Housing Wanted, is a production from KUNC News. It's hosted and produced by me, Stephanie Daniel. This episode was written and reported by Scott Franz. Editing by Sean Corcoran. The theme song was composed by Jason Patton. Michelle Rado sound designed and mixed the episode. Jennifer Coombs is the digital editor. Special thanks to Ashley Jeffcoat, Ray Solomon, Robin Vincent, Robert Leisure, and Mike Arnold. Tammy Turwelp is KUNC's president and CEO. To learn more about Route County's housing crisis and the impact of its new short-term rental regulations and see photos of the people included in this episode and other extras, go to KUNC.org slash Colorado Dream or check out the show notes for a link.